Welcome to the Crossing Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. The Crossing Church exists to see every person restored to God and to the life He created them to live. And we want to walk through this journey with you. If you need help, prayer of any kind, or if you give your life to the Lord today, send us an email at church@thecrossing.cc. We would love to hear from you so a member from our care team will reach out to see how we can walk through life with you. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. Uh, this is a special day. This is one of those days in church. Uh, it's, it's like the team needs to get together. Ordinarily, we spend uh, most of our time, and it's, it's ri- rightly so, uh, talking about the things that we're in need of and preaching messages uh, to strengthen ourselves for another week. This is a gathering for the team, if you will to come together and recognize that we also have a call on our life, which means there's assignment on our life to not just receive, and again, this isn't a guilt thing, we need to receive, but it is to also look out and recognize that the whole point of it all, the whole point of it all is to see lives changed and see them saved. I wanna read you a scripture. By the way, everybody doing okay? A little different day, it's okay, take a deep breath, it's all right. Zero guilt today, and we've got some people joining us here. They're going to be joining us here in a second uh, from Rome. But uh, I, I want to read you a scripture. This is out of 1 Timothy 1.15. says, this is a faithful saying and worth all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Just like that. If you could boil all the scripture down and all the point of just about everything in scripture, it just gets right, right down and clear. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. When we turned the corner on this year in uh, 37 days, uh, I, I enter 37 days just like many of you. 37 days are our prayer time at the first of every year. We spend the first 37 days in prayer and listening. And God began to move on my heart, and it sounded something like this. Well, it, we, I was looking at the, the tabernacle, and I was just taken by the mercy seat. The priest would go into the tabernacle and sprinkle that blood on the mercy seat, crying out for the, for the souls of the entire nation. And God just spoke to me and said, Randy, we're, we're not done. Our, our next move is going to be the, the mercy seat, the call of the mercy seat. What, what does that mean? It means turning our hearts to see more people born again, turning our hearts to the lost and trusting God to do something in our hearts. Now, as we sit here, I want you to know what I'm praying for us, not just you, for me and us. Uh, there's been some strange uh, tentacles coming to the church in my 35 years of being in church. And the tentacles, I, I would say, are uh, to just basically continue to squeeze us harder to think about ourselves, our church experience, uh, how we're doing. We come to church services, and I want you, this isn't an evil. Please hear me. It's just we've, we've lost track of something else because we're so consumed with this. We come and we seek the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, can I be just real direct? Uh, the point of the Holy Spirit coming, although it's great to feel good, it's great to have thrills, all the gifts of the Spirit, to be able to speak in a, a prayer language, those are all great But the point of it all, Jesus said, I'm going to fill you with my spirit. You're going to receive this from the Father so that you can be a witness. That's the point of it all. That's the point of the Holy Spirit coming upon us. And I I think it's fine for us to come and enjoy all of the the great feelings of his presence and the touches and all that comes with anything you want to experience in the person of the Holy Spirit. But we've somehow, over the last 35 years of my ministry life, slowly forgotten about that the point of the Holy Spirit coming is to make us witnesses so that others can get saved. The point of Jesus coming was so that others could get saved. And I want to take some pressure off of you. The scripture says that in the last days, because of the increase of lawlessness, nuttiness, craziness, evil, that us, our hearts and our love would grow cold. That's happened. That's why when I say the lost, your heart, your mind registers that it's, that's, that's important, but your soul goes, I can't wait till next Sunday. Now, that might have been too real, and not everybody in here is there, but I know this. I need God 
to raise urgency in my spirit for the lost. I need it because I, I have a bit of a formal acknowledgement that getting the lost saved is important. But, but what I'm needing from the Holy Spirit is to raise urgency. In November, our world crossed the 8 billion uh, mark of population, 8 billion souls on this planet. Of those, statistics uh, say that 2.5 billion self-identify as Christian. That doesn't mean saved. That means they're just in a Christian culture. Half of those 2.5 billion are Catholics and heavily Catholics, and some Catholics saved, some are not. Some Baptists saved, some are not. I'm not making a statement. I'm just saying. But let's just take that number Let's just take that number of 2.5 billion. Let's take it, let's, let's accept it. What that tells us is 5.5 billion humans are awake today, living their life, and, and headed toward a Christless eternity with no hope. They have no clue. And here we are in the most blessed place. And again, I don't want any guilt. Guilt does not move. Guilt, burn, guilt is the kind of fuel that burns too quick. You'll get excited today and write a check, and then you'll be done. I'm not looking for guilt. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to actually change our hearts so that we can begin to have an urgency and not sort of this formal relationship with this important information that doesn't move us to do anything. That too real. Again, I, I, I'm, I'm, because I'm talking more about me than anybody, I'm telling you the truth. I love pastoring, but my heart for the lost has dulled being honest with you, and I realize I can't guilt myself into it, but I know that God has spoken to me going into this year. I'm going to open your eyes and give you my spirit for the lost. And because he's going to do that, it's here local and it's around this planet. So the, the, the reason we're here today, and what I'm wanting you to hear, we're going to talk to some folks that are, that are missionaries, and I, I, that's a word I'm not going to be able to use for very much longer, uh, I can't get into that. But around this planet, that word has gotten become a dangerous word. So that's the last time I'll say it today. And uh, we are broadcasting this first service. We are not going to broadcast the second service because of the guests that we are going to have here. If you'd like to see those guests, uh, you, you'll have to join us live. Uh, but 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 in our first service, let me just jump onto it. In our first service. We have John and Trina Nichols from Rome, Italy, and let's bring them up and let's, let's welcome them. There they are, John and Trina. Hello. And I'm going to watch them right here, and we're going to have a little conversation with them. John, why don't you, why don't you say hello to, to the congregation here? We, you're you're, a, you're an, a, a crossing member, so you and Trina both, so why don't you say hello to your, your church family? We hadn't seen you in a year. <laughs> hey, Crossing Church. Hey, Pastor Randy. We're so thankful to have this opportunity to talk with you. And this is just amazing. We miss you so much. So it's great seeing your face, Pastor Randy, and seeing the church and worship and everything. Um, so thank you so much for having us here. No, we're glad to have I'm looking at y'all. I'll look at you. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad. We are so glad to have you. I got to tell you, Pastor Dale and I met John. Uh, John, we had a funeral here. We, we had never met John, and John was just one of the family members. I think it was your aunt. Was it your aunt? I can't. Was, had passed away, and they were calling for family members to get up and speak, and Dale and I were sitting over here, and John gets up to just give his, his well wishes for his aunt, and Dale and I looked at each other and went, there's a call of God on that kid. Look at that. I mean, it was noticeable, and so as soon as the service ended, we went, I mean, we weren't telling him anything he didn't already know, but we never met the guy, and it was just obvious, man, there is something on that guy, just him talking for that little bit. So we meet John, and uh, uh, John begins to come to our church, uh, finally he and Precious Trina and their family, and I'm telling you, John and Trina Nichols served every place you could put them. They just served. They were usually the smartest ones in the room, but that didn't, it didn't matter if it meant working with kids or if it meant moving tables, they just served and served and served. So I so appreciate you guys and we do miss you, but we are glad that you have finally made it to your destination. And uh, these guys are coming to us from Rome, Italy. 
And so I gotta, I gotta ask the first question there, John. Uh, why Rome? Why Rome, <laughs> well, Italy? We were really surprised by Rome. Um, you know, our our life has just been a series of following Jesus with whatever He said for us to do, and we had done. Um, we we got to tell this a little bit one of the previous mission Sundays about how we had an apartment ministry where we were uh, doing outreach in this apartment ministry. And then at the end of that time, which was a two-year period, we were really praying about what was next. And God said to take the gospel into a foreign land. He said it very clearly to me. But then I met with you, Pastor, and you said, oh, that's great, John. It makes perfect sense. Where? I said, I have no idea. (laughs) And then you said, uh, well, I've got great news for you because this Wednesday we're going to be having a worship night. We're going to give room to listen to the Holy Spirit. You preached on uh, past or on Paul uh, having the call to Macedonia, and uh, you gave room for everyone to listen. And that night I did not hear anything, but Trina heard something. So you want to share? Yeah, that? I heard Rome, and I thought. That cannot be God because like they can't need missionaries in Rome. I don't, I had no idea, but I just thought that's my imagination. So I, you know, you just take it. God will confirm his word. Right. And so, and he did, and he confirmed it to John. And then four and a half years later, we actually moved to Rome. And, and in the meantime, we found out the need for the gospel, less than 1% of the population in Rome are born again, Christians, even by their own, um, by their definition. So it's, it's actually a huge mission field that God God knew, even though we didn't. What's the interaction with? Uh, I mean, I, I gotta I gotta guess being Rome, it's heavily Catholic. How is the interaction there? You say they don't see themselves as born again Christian. Or, uh, walk walk us through a little bit of that. What, how, what is the? Uh, I'm, I'm looking for the tension between Catholic faith and you trying to witness. How's that going? Yeah, well, it's really kind of like a post-Christian nation. Um, Only 20% call themselves Catholic. And then, or I'm sorry, it's actually 80% call themselves Catholic, but only 20% go to mass. Okay. So if you actually go to church and the younger generation are basically like atheists or agnostic and there there is a lot of spiritual stuff going on here too. Otherwise people going to like, you know, palm readers and stuff like that. So I think people are hungry for uh, spiritual things, but they don't have the right answer. And unfortunately, there is a a division between the Catholics and the evangelical believers um, in that there's a there's a lot of kind of prejudice, you know, and even among the evangelicals, unfortunately, there is a lot of division. And so you'll see a lot of churches that have very small congregations here in Rome. And there's a lot of, um, you know, people not really working together and stuff. So, um, so when we're out there sharing the gospel on the street, we've actually been really surprised because, um, people are responding well, and I've had a lot better, um, a lot better engagement from people here than I had in the United States, which was really surprising to me. More people have come to the Lord in the time that we've been here than in the time that I was doing in the United States. So God is definitely moving on people's hearts. I think people have a desire for him, uh, but they want the real thing. They want an encounter with the living God. They don't want religion. They're done with religion. So anyways, we're really excited to to be here and to see what God's doing. It's a great thing. I just read something about uh, Ireland, how Ireland was the most Catholic, considered the most Catholic, a place, and then in a very short time, they've actually, it's like 1%, it's just crazy the turnaround, how quickly that all turned. I, I don't know what it all means. I do know mm-hmm. God is at work, and it seems like it's getting broken down before it gets built back up, and we're somewhere in the middle of all that, so uh, Rome is starting to make more sense even as you talk. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about um, just maybe backing up because what I want to get to is identifying the call of God on each person in this room right here. One of the reasons we want to walk with you a little bit is just to kind of hear, when did your heart actually catch on fire for ministry and the idea of leaving the American way, uh, the woodlands, and actually 
following Christ in a pretty sacrificial way, or at least from, from this chair, it looks very sacrificial. When did the call of God sort of wake up in you? And can you describe that moment? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, whenever God first spoke to me, when I realized that he was talking to me, I actually thought I hated God because I didn't know him. But this was about 20 years ago. And God uh, continues to speak to me all throughout this time leading up to where we are now. And our life has been a series of trying to just listen to God, give him room to speak, and then stepping into obedience. And so the, the, um, we knew that, I mean, when I got saved, I was so radically transformed. I knew that I wanted to live for God. I knew that I wanted to do something for him. I just had no idea what it was. And I needed a lot of freedom and healing for that to happen. So it took him 20 years uh, <laughs> to get me in the place where he could use me. But, uh, but it was actually pretty close to whenever you were talking about Pastor Andy, when my, uh, my aunt's funeral at the Crossing Church, Trina was sitting up in the cry room, actually, and she was listening to me talk. And it was really amazing to me because afterwards she said, um, yeah, I feel like that, that like you really do have a call of God on your life. And, um, and, and she felt bad because she felt like maybe she was kind of holding me back from that because we spent years kind of knowing it, but not really doing anything about it. But then not too long after that, God spoke to me and he said, preach my word. Mm. But I was extremely surprised because it was in the middle of me confessing my sins. And I was not expecting him to say, preach my word when I'm confessing the fact that I'm a sinner. Um, and so, yeah, I think that we all have calls. And like you said, uh, getting to like a sacrificial place, Jesus said that it's for the joy that was set before him that he endured the cross. Yeah. And so we all are, are called to take up our cross daily. And when we do that, then we can actually find joy. And, and what happens is Jesus, the reason why he found joy is because he knew it was on the other side of the cross. He knew that when he laid his life down, he was going to make many brethren. There was going to be a great harvest out of that. And this is what we're seeing. It's worth it to lay our lives down because God's blessing upon us is wonderful. It's so much better than anything that we could give up for him. Wow, that's great. Trina, when did you know? Um, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, everything changed for me. And just like you were saying, it's not about just feeling good or encounter, you know, enjoying the presence of God. That is, but that's important to have that because I just knew all of a sudden I went from being so shy and anxious and I, I had so much social anxiety to not really caring that much what anyone thought, but him. And just being so addicted to being in his presence, to encountering the Holy Spirit that when he said go, I was like, okay, where, you know, like what, what do we need to give up for you? I, I was just so convinced of his goodness that I know, like, I think the thing that has transformed my life is the, is really Romans 8:28. all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And I would say it's for his glory, right? But it's also for our good. And so, like John said, the things that we lay down are nothing compared to what he gives to us, the joy that we feel when we actually are stepping out and bold and sharing the gospel. It's scary at first, for sure. But the joy is something that I want, I want every believer to get to experience. I didn't know that joy for years of my Christian life. You say that joy comes from 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 sharing, from reaching yes, out. Yes, a lot. When you feel the Holy Spirit, you know. I think we, as believers, we think that's for evangelists or pastors. But it says that every believer can preach the gospel. And if we yeah. if we do that, when we open ourselves into that place with somebody and preach His Word, the Holy Spirit shows up. And we feel his love and compassion for this person. We feel his joy over us as his child. And it's just unlike anything else. Walk me through that. So you guys are both led. I know you both. And I know that when you hear in the apartments that you actually moved into the apartments so that you could win those apartments. And you guys scared me actually a little bit. Just your boldness to witness. It's a challenge. It challenges the rest. There's nobody in here who... who who doesn't, I mean, we're all looking holy and nodding our head now, but on the inside, we're all going, oh my God, that sounds scary. So can you, uh, is, so now that you're in Rome, 
are, are you following, maybe walk us through, how are you doing, you're engaging a new culture, uh, you're, 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 you have to depend on the Holy Spirit. What's, what are you doing on the streets and how are those conversations going and how are you opening those conversations to witness to people? How are you hearing the Holy Spirit say that one and not that one? How is that going? That's great questions. I love it. I, I love uh, the opportunity to give some practical advice on this. Do you want to say anything? Because Trina had had kind of planned to answer a question similar to this. I just, I feel very passionate because I feel like I look at somebody like John and say, yeah, it's obvious he's going to share the gospel because he's always felt called to, and he's pretty bold about speaking to people. But I, I was so shy and had so much fear, fear of rejection. You know, it's, there's so many things that can stop us from sharing the gospel. So I would say a couple of things is one is have a plan. If you know what you're going to say and you just tell yourself, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to tell one person about Jesus this week or today. That's I'm going to tell and you ask Holy Spirit, show me that person, at least one person. And then when you get past that one and you realize how fun it is, you kind of keep going. But just to get past that, if you know what you're going to say, so memorize something, know, know your plan so that you don't panic and feel like you back out of it. Um, so for me, whenever I was very uncomfortable, that really helped. But also, I want to encourage everybody at the crossing hears the salvation prayer all the time. And the, one of the first times I had the opportunity to lead someone to the Lord, I was at a gas station. I was not prepared. And the girl wanted to receive Jesus. And so I was saying, repeat after me. And what came into my heart was what, what you say, Pastor Randy, a lot of Sundays. And I realized I hear this all the time. And I just let the Holy Spirit lead the prayer and remind me of what to say. And I believe that through that, this girl came to know Jesus and her eternal destiny was changed. So I, I feel like I am the least of these. I'm the one that could say, I'm, I'm the one that I'm never going to do that. You know, I'm shy. I'll sit in the back. I love the back. Um, but God, God can use every single one of us. And so that's my encouragement. But yeah, that's fantastic. So for about two years before we moved to Rome, we were working with a group in Houston that had a lot of tools like this and we we learned them and we were practicing them on the street and stuff. Um, and so we had a way of turning the gospel, turning the conversation into the gospel. We had a way of sharing the gospel. And then we had a way of, of hope, helping the person to make a decision for Christ. And then not only that, following up with them and do discipleship and stuff. Um, and so we use those same type of tools. Those, having those things helped a lot with us. But one thing that we've found is to start with prayer, uh, to helping the person connect with Jesus on a level of what do they need? I mean, sometimes we know that because it's our family or whatever. But if it's a stranger just saying, I'm a Christian and I just felt like I was supposed to pray for you. Is there anything I can pray for you about? that really can touch a person's heart. Of course, there's going to be people who tell you no, um, and you just kind of get used to hearing no, and, and you just move on. You just keep looking because God's going to put you across someone. I've found that whenever we are just faithful to go, when, when we were in the woodlands, we would go two to three times a week. There was a period where we went two to three times a week to, on the street sharing the gospel. And we found that there was always someone that God crossed our path with that, that would receive. And sometimes people would even say, I don't know why I'm here. I, <laughs> I just like came up here and I think it was so that you could talk to me. And, um, and so really neat stuff would, would happen like that. Um, but like Trina said, uh, having a plan uh, to share the gospel and everything, it really helps a lot. And uh, and then asking God for help with boldness, because I think a lot of people feel scared. And even Paul said in the end of Ephesians to, to pray that I would have boldness to to share the mystery of the gospel. So um, and so this is something that we found helped with us, but also with other people that we were trying to teach and help them come out with us to share the gospel is actually laying hands on them and praying and stuff like that. But, um, oh, and you also asked about Rome. So should we share about what we've been doing in Rome or should we? Sure. Keep going. You got it. Okay. So, um, so here in Rome, um, we have a lot of different opportunities. Thankfully, we're, we're serving with a church that, uh, does evangelism a lot. And so there's a big group of people that, that does evangelism here. And a lot of them just give tracks out. 
And that may be all that they do, but they may try, try to strike a, a conversation at the same time. So we have that method. And then we also have a, a method where we'll go to certain places. There'll be someone who brings a guitar, they'll sing and, and, pre, and uh, you know, praise the Lord. Uh, they're just on the street, out in the open. And sometimes they'll bring a microphone and a speaker. There'll be someone who preaches the gospel on the street while someone else is, is praising the Lord. And one thing that's really neat about that is because I hadn't really experienced that firsthand until we got here. And we realized that that really opens up the atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to move. And people are interested in uh, hearing someone singing, you know, and they, they want they, they will come and approach us just to hear someone sing and play the guitar. And then if you're you're singing in English, they're also interested. A lot of the Italians, uh, when you go into the store and stuff, they're listening to music that's in English and stuff. So they're they love um, you know, American music and stuff. So. Uh, so that that really does work. And then we also have a ministry at the church where we give out food and we bless people. And and this ministry, everyone who comes in, we ask them what they need prayer for and we share the gospel with them. Mm-hmm. So um, all of those things are being used together. And what's really neat is we are seeing a great uh, amount of fruit. For instance, when I was doing that over the uh, in the woodlands, what I told you about for about six months, nine people gave their lives to the Lord. And here um, we had like in normally in one of those times when we go out, we'll have around seven people give their lives to the Lord. So that's just in one time. Mm. So we're having a lot better fruit. I don't know if that's because of just, you know, what the Lord is doing here or the methods or what it is. But anyways, that's, that's what's happening. That's tremendous. Okay. So let me take a little couple of takeaways since we got, Folks here, and we're all we're all learning here. One of the things I hear when you I hear you talking is, I think there can be a tendency in us, especially us charismatics, to think uh, I've got to feel led to do everything. I mean, I've got to, you know, if if the Holy Spirit wants me to, He'll make me. And uh, and we can put all kinds of spiritual talk, and really we're using spiritual talk to cover our lack of courage to step out. Is that too real? And because uh, I do it, that's why how I know we do that. So yes, we have to be led by the Spirit. But what I loved, I just heard is that you guys have spent time thinking and planning and being trained when we uh, when we're called to be soul winners. And this is convicting me. Then we it it isn't just if the Spirit moves me. It's I pray for the Spirit, but I'm also trained in what I'm going to say, what my opening line might be, uh, just putting some thought into it. So anyway, I just want to challenge as you even get into this next week, ask God for an opportunity, but begin to think through, you know, that you're going to say something like, how can I pray for you? Is there something I can pray for you? This is how I do in the gym. And I'm not good at this, but these, this is how I, I get a spiritual conversation going in the gymnasium is just seeing for, looking for an opportunity to pray for somebody. So anyway, we're here to learn from you, John. But I wanted to capture that before we, we move further. Tell us about, uh, let's, let's go another direction here. Uh, what are some of the blessings that you guys are enjoying? And what are some of the challenges, maybe challenges you didn't foresee being missionaries now in, in Rome? And I said the word again, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I know that uh, no one's going to be surprised by this answer. But the thing that we miss the most is Tex-Mex food. Just kidding. <laughs> That's challenge. But actually, it is true. <laughs> we miss Tex-Mex food, but no, actually, it's our family. It's uh, it's the United States of America. You know, we're we're patriotic. We love our country. We didn't leave because we just wanted to get away from the United States. Um, and so we miss we miss Texas. We miss um, our family and our friends. Obviously, that's that's one of the very challenging things. Um, but it's a blessing being here. It's it, the blessings far outweigh the challenges. Um, just knowing that we've been obedient and we're where God wants us to be. It's so much, uh, so worth it. You know, th- some of the other things that are kind of hard are just like, you wouldn't think it's hard, but everything is slightly different. You know, the, the locks are different. The keys are different. And so you look like an idiot trying to figure out how to unlock a door, you know, <laughs> I remember the first uh, Sunday 
when we were at church uh, here in, in Rome, I got locked in the bathroom <laughs> and someone was waiting to get into the bathroom. And I'm like trying to get the door unlocked. I'm thinking, oh my gosh. And someone's waiting outside. Um, and so, you know, just like little things like that, everything's just like kind of slightly different. Um, we miss the roads in Texas. We miss how people drive in their lane. I don't know if you know this, but in, in Italy, they'll, they'll put uh, two cars and a moped in two lanes. So um, they don't they don't follow lanes. They just kind of go. And um, and I'm learning from our pastor here how to drive like an Italian, even though he's an African. He's a Nigerian. But he said that it's similar to how they drive in Nigeria. <laughs> so. Um, so anyways, there's little challenges like that that all kind of add up. But it the blessings far outweigh it. That's so good. That's so good. Um, we've got some some uh, little fire. I say little fi- fires of revival here in America. Some of the colleges we've had a spirit of revival here at the church. And um, what is the spiritual climate? I know you've touched on it a little bit. Um, the general spiritual climate there. Are you sensing anything like that? Um, not yet. Maybe. What's the spiritual climate there? So I would say we, because this is this is very close to my heart. John lets me talk about this, but I, um, we have seen what is happening in America. Our church, our pastors, um, our community of believers. It's an international community um, here in Rome. And we are very hungry and very expectant for what God is going to do here in Rome along those lines. And one thing um, I was speaking with our pastors about, we look at America and we, we love what God is doing there. And we're excited to see these things starting to spring up. Like you're saying, I think it's, it's the beginning, but there's going to be more, but um, Rome is a very unique in that we have never experienced the kind of revivals, the Great Awakenings, the Azusa Street, Cambridge, things that, that America has experienced. And so it's kind of going back to those wells of revival. But in Rome, they've been really tilling the soil for a long time. And we are very excited because we feel the hunger rising in the church. And you know God is going to meet that. And so um, just making room for the Holy Spirit, I feel like the church is really preparing. Our church is setting aside a lot of time to pray, um, to be just crying out, not for for anything. Like, we don't know what it's going to look like, but I believe the fear of the Lord is coming back to the church. Um, And just a hunger, even for the, the lost, have such a hunger for a real encounter with God that we're ripe for revival. Religion is over, and um, we're ready for the move of God. Praise God, man. That's good. That's good. Man, have you got a word? I mean, you want to throw this out to your, in y'all's prayer time, knowing you were going to be meeting with us. Is there anything God put on your heart for us today? I didn't prepare a message, so I'm, I'm pitching to you, man. <laughs> I'll say one thing. I felt like this, um, I felt like the Lord was saying this over the crossing. Be faithful to me, and I will be faithful to you. Mm. And even in your weakness, I will show my strength through you. When he calls us to things that are beyond our strength, yeah. don't, don't bow down to the enemy. Don't back up. Don't give fear an inch. Whenever he's calling you to something, he is the one that will see it through. He is faithful and he will never fail you. So I feel like he's putting, I know he has dreams and visions in the hearts of people there. Anyone that's going to hear this message today. Yeah. Um, and I feel like he really wants to stir you up to take whatever that next step is. If you're saying, I want to take a step. Maybe I need to start a business. Maybe I need to reach out to this person God's put on my heart or see about going overseas to live somewhere else, whatever it is. And you're saying, but what if, or what will people think? Or what if it doesn't work out? And God said, those who look to him are radiant and their faces will not be put uh, covered with shame. That's so good. That's so good. Well, we got We got a great word there. Uh, for... Anyone feeling the call of God today? Anyone feeling the call of God in here? Everybody here is called. Romans 8 says, if you're saved, you're called. Called means it's just that pull of God to specifically assign you to a a place, a people, a ministry, wherever you're at, you're called to. But probably most all of us are a bit reticent. So for anybody here feeling a call, what advice could you give to, to, to the folks here today? 
Well, yeah, Pastor Randy, uh, you're so right. We're all called. And one thing that that I felt like this morning when I was praying and listening to the Lord um, about a message for the crossing, it, it was that, and, and you share this often, Pastor Randy, that the spirit of the Lord is upon me yeah, and he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. This is what, what Jesus read when he, he went to the synagogue and, uh, and this scroll was open and this was what he read. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. And, and I felt like the Lord was saying that the spirit is of the Lord is upon you crossing church to live like Christ, to be like Christ to the world. And this is our calling. Uh, when we look at second Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verses 17 through the, the end of the chapter, it talks about our new creation identity. And a part of the new creation identity is that we are ambassadors for Christ. We represent the King. Yeah. And Jesus didn't just die to get us a ticket to get to go to heaven at the end of our lives. He died so that we would carry the baton. He, like I said earlier, he went to the cross for the joy so that he could raise up others that were like him. And he called us to do the same thing, to, to lay down our lives for the sake of the gospel. Now, Proverbs eleven thirty says, uh, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of light, and he who wins souls is wise. Mm. And so winning souls is something that we can only do while we're here in this world, while we're, we're living this life. We only have this opportunity to do it. And, and I love what Pastor Randy said, the statistics of how many people don't know the Lord. I mean, I, I don't love that there's so many that don't know it, but, but just that that recognition that there's so many people that need to hear the gospel. You know, I went walking down my street one time, one of those times in the woodlands, knocking on our neighbor's doors and just saying, hey, I'm your neighbor. I live right over there. I'm a Christian. Is there anything I can pray for you about? And there was a lady just a few houses down that didn't had never heard the gospel. She had never heard it. She didn't know why Jesus came and lived and died for her. So if God is putting it on your heart to share the gospel with somebody, don't discredit that. If he's telling you to pray for somebody, if you if you feel like maybe you're supposed to share a word, don't give in to fear. A lot of the the things that the enemy makes us feel like the, you know, the fear of making a mistake, the fear of making God look bad, the fear of rejection, a lot of those things I've found are just smoke screens. And whenever you step through them, you realize that God catches you. You realize that uh, he's going to give you the words to say. He's going to help you. And even when you don't know the right words, he it, it ends up being okay. It's not a big deal. And yes, there's going to be people that reject you sometimes, but it's worth it. Our Savior was rejected, but he didn't let that stop him from being who he was created to be. And he's called each of us to live like him, boldly, looking to see what is the father doing around me so that I can join in. He said, my father's always at work and I have to do the same works as him. And he joined in with him. We need to do this too. We need to be recognizing what is the father doing around me when I'm in the grocery store? Who is, who is it that I need to talk to? Who is it in my family that doesn't know the Lord? Who is it at my work that needs to hear the gospel? You know, even if you lose your job for your savior, it would be worth it. It would be worth it just to lay your life down and, and count the costs and, and say, he is worth it. No matter what I lose, even if I face death, he is worth it. Because even if the enemy kills me, I just get to go straight into the father's arms. So I win. I can't <laughs> lose. <laughs> Man, that is so good. That is so good. And what John brings up, um, you know, you start asking that question right there, that very personal question, my family, my friend, if you took these 5.5 billion people, it's more than that, but let's just accept the number, 5.5 billion unreached people and lined them in a single file line around the planet, it would they would go 42 times around. And if we... We walk out of here with just these numbers, just sort of formal numbers. It doesn't really stir anything. But if you start realizing that in that line, you've got a son, you've got a daughter, you've got a family member, when you start recognizing these aren't just numbers and statistics, these are people. 
These are human beings that Jesus died and has called us. I would even, I would even push it this far, and, and this is what I'm praying, that God would return to his church the mandate, the mandate of reaching the lost. Pastor, don't, don't we have a, a mandate? We have a bunch of formal language that we, we adhere to, uh, and it's good. I believe in, it's important. Here's the thing. Uh, if I ask everybody here, is it important that we win the lost? Everybody here would say, it's important. If I ask you, and I mean honestly, is it urgent? Is it urgent? What's the difference? Uh, you know, um, again, I remember uh, this story of a pastor, uh, Billy Joe Doherty. I've told this once before. Billy Joe Doherty, uh, when he was younger, he's gone to be with the Lord, and his son Paul now pastors a church called Victory in uh, Tulsa. I'm aware of it through my buddy Orlando. But when he was younger, his kids were younger, he woke up, he and his wife, in the middle of the night to his uh, smoke alarm going off, and smoke was in the room, and he had six kids. So he starts grabbing kids, and they are frantic, and they are moving around getting their children uh, they get outside, and he takes a deep breath. And uh, uh, while the house actually begins to be engulfed in flames, and his wife says, wait a minute, where's Paul? Paul was six years old, his son. Billy Joe runs back into the house, and by this time, the heat had gotten up, and he found Paul, six years old, in his closet, singing. And uh, he grabs Paul, and on the way out, he has to go through flames and his contacts actually melt to his eyes. And he spends, he gets Paul out, but then he spends a a good deal of time in the intensive care unit, one, getting his eyes healed, but just with the, 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 the damage he suffered. But gang, here's the deal. That's the difference between important and urgent. There, when, it's, when it's your child, when you realize that that line it's not, just, it's not just numbers. These are humans. Uh, Jesus knows every one of them. And when you and I begin to pray, and gang, here's what I'm asking. The Ephesians 1 prayer that I've continued to pray, Lord, open the eyes of my heart. Let us open the eyes of our heart that we might know what is the hope of his calling. I'm praying because I don't think, I know... I know he's having to open these eyes. I don't think when I look at the lost, it does to me what it does to Jesus. And I'm asking that God would do that because I do believe he has said, 2023, our hearts are gonna turn toward the lost. And we're gonna, we're gonna work as, as, as much as we can and grit our teeth and try to be disciplined, but that isn't gonna get the job done. We're gonna need the work of the Holy Spirit to come and do a different thing in our heart, but we've got to be open to it. Are y'all tracking? We've got to say, Holy Spirit, would you come and do this work and be honest enough to admit it's important, but it isn't urgent. The difference between a, 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 a you know, when I say the word mandate, we, the word conviction, conviction means I have a belief that I'm, I would die to defend, you know, have a belief, you know, that Jesus Christ is the one and only way to Christ. The uh, Bible is the inerrant word of God. Uh, God is the one and only God. There's certain beliefs that, that probably you would say, I've got a conviction, which means I would die to defend these things. A, a mandate is something that you would die to achieve. I would die, I will, I will get this done or die trying. That is actually a part of the Christian faith it's just, we're so blessed, I hate to say it, but we're so blessed that we've lost our edge in realizing this actually isn't just about us. It is about us. God loves us. He wants us to enjoy his presence. But we've lost the point of it all, which is to go into to, to all the world and preach the gospel and the power of the gospel can start to thin out that line of 5.5 billion. So I raise this, and I, I, I want to say this as we close our time with John here. This is in Romans 10, 13. It says, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord 
shall be saved. That's who's gonna get saved. However, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how will they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent by people like you? We're a sending church. Our heart is about sending. But here's the thing. As God begins to raise the vision for the lost, right now, I think we have 22 foreign, I should know these numbers. We've got a lot of local missionaries, a lot of foreign, but we're 30, 22 altogether, plus the local missions like nourishment for the needy and those kind of things. But as far as people, 22. You guys give faithfully so that we can send them. If God is raising the vision, hear me now. If God begins to raise a vision in a church, and I'm gonna put it like this. We've got a $9 million building that God has given us vision, and we're about to start building. We have a vision to begin to turn our hearts toward young ministers, folks like John and Trina that are in our churches, to, to, to get them prepared both for local ministries or foreign ministries for the calls on their life. Don't have to be young. I know some of you are looking at me like, hey, what about us? <laughs> How about us non-young? But God's begun to, to put this in our heart to do this. And it's our desire to touch this world. If God is lifting our vision from, let's say, uh, and I'm just throwing out numbers, from a $3 million vision to a $20 million vision, that means that God intends to finance that vision through you, through you. If God is raising the vision, then his way of financing is to bless you and turn your heart into being givers. Many of you are very strong and generous givers, and some of you are, are a little tentative, and I've been, I've been I won't say both, but Stacy and I have, have learned the joy of giving. The reason John and Trina can go and do what they do is because people like you pick this burden up and say, you know what, we will send. There's, there's ways that our faith increases. One is with vision. A big enough vision, you begin to get faith and you say, you know what, I'm gonna give more to missions. I'm gonna do it. What, what causes faith to grow sometimes is a dream. You have a desire to get something done yourself, the call of God on your life, and faith begins to get stretched but also a way that your faith gets stretched toward his vision is through seed. Your heart will follow where you put your money. And so I wanna encourage you. I, and you guys know, I rarely speak of money. You, you know that. There's, I mean, we close services all the time and we don't ever mention it. And it's not because I'm afraid of the subject. It's because y'all are so faithful in your giving. And so this is not a guilt talk. This is a check your heart and see uh, if, if, frankly, if, if, if between you and God, you're invested at the level that you feel like is right between you and God, I want you to be thinking about this. Me and my wife did some financial reordering of our lives at the first of the year because we said, you know what? We believe God's gonna be giving us more opportunities to give. So we started tucking more away and we changed some things and we're excited. I mean, God, when I talk about giving, it excites me because I've never, I've been young, now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. And the more that we've given, the more God has given us the capacity to give. So I want to encourage you. Uh, right now, let's say we got 22 folk out there hitting it on these 5.5 billion. We can increase that. We can increase that. And it really comes down to you saying, God, I'm a candidate, would you use me? I'm gonna sow a seed, but I'm trusting this is gonna grow because I wanna see more people out there. Some of you today are saying, you know what? I'll give money, but more than anything, I sense God touching my heart. I wanna be more active in the ball game. I feel the call of God getting warmed in my heart. God, would you send me? John, I, I, Trina, I appreciate you guys being with us and I appreciate you stirring us. I wanna pray for you. I'll tell you what, would you pray for us and then I'll pray for you? Would you pray for yes, this congregation? Glad to. Yes, 
Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much for the Crossing Church. We bless them. We bless Pastor Randy. We bless all of the other uh, pastors, Lord, and the leaders at the Crossing Church and everyone who is serving there, the serve teams, Lord, we bless them, Lord Jesus. And we just pray, God, that every one of them would feel that, your spirit, of the, your spirit, Lord, being upon them, God, to preach the good news to the poor. God, we pray this over the entire congregation, yes. over everyone, Lord Jesus, that sets foot on that property, God, that they would feel your anointing come upon them, God, in a supernatural and eerie way, Lord Jesus. I pray for the boldness to yes. preach the gospel, Lord, to preach the mysteries of the gospel. Lord, I pray that there would be many people from the crossing that would be sent, like it says in, in Romans 10, Lord. Many yes. people, Lord, that would be sent because how can they be saved unless they hear? Yes. And and how can they uh, do it unless someone preaches the gospel to them, Lord? So I know that there's people right now that you're placing on their hearts. What about me? Is that me? Am I supposed to do that? Lord, whenever um, you gave me this call, I found it out by asking you. Yeah. Lord, I pray that there'd be people right now that would ask you, is yeah. this for me, God? What's my role? How am I supposed to do this? Is, am I supposed to do this at ExxonMobil? Or am I supposed to do this in another nation? Or what am I supposed to do? What's my role, God? Yes. And I pray, God, that you would speak so clearly to them, Father God, and fill them with your spirit, Lord. I thank you that your anointing is upon them, Lord. And you are going to do great and marvelous things in the Woodlands, Texas, and all across the world in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. And Lord, we bless John and Trina. And we thank you, God, that your hand of prosperity is upon them to prosper them in their ministry. Lord, the amount of souls being saved, the anointing of the Holy Spirit that's upon them. Lord, friendships, favor, favor with God and favor with man. We bless and we thank you for John and Trina and the great work you're doing. And Lord, thank you that we get to be a part. This is our high pleasure, Lord, to be a part of sending them to Rome, Italy. Lord, all that you want to do in them, through them, and for them. We bless in Jesus' name. And now we as a congregation pause just for a second to say, God, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me? Father, I thank you that men and women right now are being touched and are simply hearing, I'm calling you. I'm calling you. Begin to pray. Begin to seek. Begin to look for opportunities. My spirit is upon you. Thank you, Lord, that you're shaking us as individuals and shaking this church. And Lord, I thank you that you're touching others to say, you know what? I'm going to bless the fire out of somebody, but I sense God touching me to give. I'm going to give. I'm going to increase my giving to see to it that this gospel gets spread out. Father, thank you that you're doing a work in this church. We bless and honor you. Pastor Dale, would you come? We bless and honor you, honor you Lord God. And we thank you, Father, for this day. Praise God. Thanks so much for listening to the Crossing Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. Keep up with everything going on at the Crossing by liking us on Facebook, following us on Instagram, or subscribing to our YouTube channel. You can visit us online at www.thecrossing.cc. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you have a blessed day.